Welcome to Level 7, Episode 140, Marvel's Agent Carter, Season 2, Episode 5, The Atomic Job. Welcome to Level 7. Podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Ah, Agents. It's Dandy Daniel Butcher here. And the air seems so much sweeter, so much calmer. I feel love in the air. I feel success and championships, but Agent Ben, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, the well, Agent Ben, it's a big uh, week. What? It's a big week for me. Okay. Um, Denver uh, Broncos are the, are the world football champions. Okay. Uh, the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal for me. I mean, I'm a big fan. I saw you posting. It was it was more than just I'm excited about the game posting. It was I'm and, super and excited about my team being in the game. Is that what I'm getting from you? Yeah, and winning it, and winning it. There was a little yelling. Two grown men, me and a, me and a buddy, giving each other high fives in my basement. Is all of our children looked at us really terrified. So, <laughs> okay. so there's that. Um. Unlike last week, I don't feel like I have some sort of stomach bug that's eating me from the inside when we re- like when we recorded last week. Yes. And a dirty little secret. Ben actually complimented me on I'm pushing my way through. That's not a dirty secret. We didn't tell anybody. Oh. But I almost died. I, I opened the door for you to tell people, but then Metaphorically. You you shut the door on it. Metaphorically almost died. Yeah. I spent the entire day the next day in bed. I remember, because you spent a lot <laughs> and, of time. And number three, Ben. Ben. Texting and watching TV. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? We live in a world where Deadpool's finally going to talk. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to say? Well, nothing. <laughs> Tickets for bot today, Ben. Tickets for bot. I think it's safe to say that next week, on Tuesday, we will be recording talking about Agent Carter and probably after credits you're going to tell me about Deadpool. One way or another we're going to talk about Deadpool. Would that be the, the safe way to go? One way or another. One way or another. I know what's happening. It is. I know what's happening. But, but safe to say not an entire Deadpool episode. We did make that command decision because we've got a backlog. Buddy. Well, we've got problems, yeah. We got 99, got 99 problems, problems and MCU is one of them. Yeah, yeah. So, so shall we get to one of our get to our problems? Shall we chug into it? Well, yeah, I wouldn't call it a problem, but we do have some news to talk about. Ready? Ready. Hands up. Uh, is it this one? This one. SSR intelligence report. I got two news items, Daniel. I, I have a third, and you have a third. Yeah, should I do mine first? Uh, go for it, because I don't know what that is. So. Gotham TV podcast. They're back. They're dropping new episodes. 
because Gotham Ireland, is Ireland. is coming back, right? In Ireland. Oh, so okay. So I've pretty exciting. <sighs> Those guys gave us a great shout out though in their their newest episode. Did they? I, I they did, and apparently they fondue. <laughs> okay. I used to fondue. We had a fondue I've never set. fondue. I once got a bill for fondue. I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> I don't know what. Okay. Be- Are we talking about actual fondue, fondue here? Uh, yeah, it was from a fondue restaurant. And it really wasn't that cheap when you consider what it was. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's kind of pricey for cheese and some bread. We had a fondue restaurant, but we didn't ever go to that. Instead, us, my wife and I and some friends, we would do the chocolate, the cheese. It was fun. It was fun. And then we do Mark. art night. Sounds romantic. Carve out a sandstone, paint on a canvas. We'd go to the art store, buy our materials. I was able to do romance. Yeah, too too much, too much. <clears throat> Don't set un expectations the rest of us can't reach, Ben. I mean, art, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, you want my news items? Yeah, let's hear yours. Well, one of them most people already know. If they were listening to this episode, then they have been possibly watching the live television uh, airing of Agent Carter. And so they might have heard that there are two episodes of Agent Carter airing next week. It's a double length, Agent Carter. And I did a little digging. And by doing a little digging, I mean I looked up TV Guide and saw what the upcoming schedule was like. And TV Guide actually have has one episode listed for next week. And then episodes seven and eight are, are scheduled for the week after that. And so... Agent Carter is not going all the way through to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There's actually going to be a week off now in between Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then they bumped up, okay, which one's going to be the double episode? It's next week. So next week our Agent Carter episode is going to be also double length. And I'm a little disappointed. I don't know why, but for some Mm. reason I'm disappointed that we aren't doing, you know, episode, 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 and then jumping into Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. But Well... You know, I think the big news from my window is we make no guarantees of a Tuesday, Wednesday drop next week. <laughs> that is true, too. That is true. It, it may not be released on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, whatever it is that I end up doing. But we'll see. It just depends on the recording schedule and our personal lives. But that episode will probably be the one that has the uh, the Deadpool tag on it. So be watching for it. There we go. Yeah. And then the other one, uh, I did not watch the Super Bowl. I was not interested in either team this year and ben, had no reason Denver Broncos had no reason to be defensive interested. Giants. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, but I did catch once or twice on my Facebook feed a couple of commercials that were being posted to our Welcome to Level Seven Facebook page. Well, you see that was me. Facebook.com slash welcome to level seven. Watching. Right, right. Oh, sorry. I didn't have to watch I, because you were there doing it for me. Yeah, because they pretty much as soon as they ran them, they posted them to YouTube. So, so we had a um, short teaser for Civil War that was kind of cool, and we had a longer Coke commercial, which was interesting. So here we have this Coke commercial, Daniel, where Ant Man steals a, a Coke from Banner, which makes Banner so upset that he hulks out. Jumps after Ant-Man, chases him down the street, but then can't open the can. 
Oh. But you know what? Fortunately, Ant-Man can. Ant-Man can. And all he needs is one drop. And he's happy. And Hulk drinks the rest. And so, Daniel, we come to a, a time where it's, it's, it's Ben's... Let's, let's call this Ben's very calm rant. How's that? A thoughtful rant. A, uh, a, yeah, just, it's almost rant. So I'm going to let you rant, and then I'm going to turn it on its head. Well, here's my rant. Why can't they take those models and use them on our show? Oh, I have an answer for that. You know? Why can't Feige just share? I have an answer for that. You know? I mean, we don't need to see RDJ. We don't need to see Ruffalo. We've got these templates we can use. They're using Quinjets. Right? Well, and I will say this. It was pretty clearly not Paul Rudd doing the voiceover. Okay. Which I found interesting because, again, one of the commercials you didn't see was there was a Budweiser commercial that at one point declared all of America loves Paul Rudd. So Paul Rudd made a, a voice appearance, a face appearance earlier, but it didn't sound like Paul Rudd to me. Okay. I mean, it sounded like a voiceover actor. I, it, either way. I mean, but, my... I, but I still have an answer. Okay. What's your answer? Why we can't have it. What's your answer? Coke's not paying. Well, no. Coke paid for that. But see, does Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have to pay for that since they're owned by the same company? See, and see, some, somebody has to pay. Ben, mm, it, it's more than paper. Well, and, and here's what I'm wondering is if the Quinjets that we have, are those Quinjets based on the design, but it's its own model being used by the television side and not the movie models? The, the movie, you know, 3D models that they would have been using in the movie side. Or were they, in some cases, could they have been originally tasked for something else and they're just being reused? But that's what I, I mean. I mean, to be blunt, Ben, somebody has to pay for that. So a good example. No, no, no. The special effects people have to pay for that. But they yeah. don't. You and do, it's not cheap. No, that's the only part that's not cheap, though. The company sharing files with another arm of the company they don't have to pay for that. Coke has to pay for that. Coke pays for them to do it. Yeah. But to make it. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. To make the animation. To yes. use the model and then to run it through the animation process. That that costs money, Ben. Making the model is what really costs the money though. Yeah. Well, we have a model as you point out, but again, it still costs money. So a, a good example, Star Wars Rebels has pretty much had the same coming up to the ghost shot. The ghost bin is their ship where you see it in a you see it uh, anchored down and it's in its dock. Uh, they, they use the same one over and over again. And the reason is, is it costs money, even though they have the model for the ghost, they have the model for the city. Now, Daniel, it Daniel. costs money to change that. Daniel, I've worked in animation. OK, I've written for animation. And I understand these these things where they say, you know what, we can only do this much and you have to use these sets that we've already created and developed. But once they've been created and developed, it's just rendering time. And which is why a lot of effects don't look great. For example, first season 
they didn't have the rendering time to absolutely render some of those explosions in the background as they're running into the bus to look perfect. But I understand what you're saying. It costs money to do it, but I'm what I'm saying is, you know, I want to pay in Hey Girl and and Clark. They are paying them. Yeah, that's that's where I want my money going. Yeah, flyover shot, a running shot, a oh, thanks for your help on this thing that we didn't see you help with, but we're seeing you walk away from at the beginning of an episode shot. Ah, uh, yes. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Ben, are you done with your rant? I'm done. Okay, I'm going to turn this completely on its head. Okay. And maybe even save this for you, Ben. Well, there's nothing maybe. to be saved. It was a lot of fun. So, so Agent Snook sent me a uh, communique. Wanted to talk real briefly about this. And the fact that there's been going around the internet a, a certain meme that basically says, so Coke's canon? Oh. Yeah. yeah. And at a certain point, I was like... Okay, seriously, we got to quit overthinking this. You know, it's it's just a commercial. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's not canon. It's not it's not a short. It, it's just a thing. We need to stop getting obsessed with the idea of canon all the time. We're making this crazy, people. Don't you agree, Ben? We're making it crazy. Yeah, especially when clearly this is just a commercial. But then Agent Snook changed everything for me. Okay, and he said. But Agent Daniel, this is the modern version of a hostess ad. Ooh, that is fun. Wow, that is great. Do we do it? Well, you know, it's not the earliest we've ever done, but it is still in the news. But yeah, let's do it. The new prize winner of the day. That is an astute and amazing observation. Yeah, it really, really is. When you think about it, you know, it it fits into the hostess ad dynamic in a different media. You know, you've got a, a fight between two powerful individuals. You've got food as a central object that somehow helps in the fight. You, you have somewhat of a friendly ending. It, and it's short, it's quick, and it's not canon. <laughs> Oh, so some I of those hostess ads. I, really, Good gravy, my friend. Yeah, and I immediately said, Agent Snook, I'm going to steal that. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, it really is. It's a hostess ad in a new media. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's not it's not new. I mean, we had Hawkman doing what was a, was it a Snickers ad? Some candy bar, some random candy bar that there's no reason for Hawkman to be hawking this candy bar but he was that was what 90s early 90s late 80s um i mean we've had commercials featuring characters from movies all the time but this one is a hostess ad without the hostess you separate that out though you you take that coke away drop in a twinkie yeah astute and amazing observation i love it i love it doesn't change how I feel about things because I still like the commercial. <laughs> and yeah, but it definitely turns it on its head. All right. Well, it, that's our news then. So let's move into our, uh, well, the reason we're here. 
SS Omission Report. It's the heist episode, Daniel. It is. And it definitely has a heist episode feel. And I'm going to just go ahead and ask you this question, Ben. Ask away. Ask away. Did we get a little silly? Oh, we got a lot silly. I definitely Uh, felt silly. Had my silly pants on. There was silly happening. And then it got serious at the end. But, uh, yeah, I called this uh, the heist episode. And I also, um, you know, they, they, they follow that format. You have a thing that they need. They put together a team. They get their equipment. The team is full of quirky characters. They go in to find the thing that they're trying to steal. Things go wrong. They get out. Now, in a movie, a heist movie, that'd be the end. Uh, unless there's some sort of twist that takes us into a third act. You know, like that. though, I, I do think in that formula, the thing that you have to get is preparation for the heist. You actually use it in the heist. Well, what do you mean by that? What are you, what are you saying wasn't used? Did you ever see the key get used? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, they used it. I fast forwarded too quickly. <laughs> no, they, they used it to get into the elevator. And and then when they got to the elevator and, and it opened up on the floor that they needed to go to, uh, the wow. bad guys were already there. But they did. My, they must used have been the looking key. down at my notebook. Well, it was very quick. I mean, they were just using the key by inserting it and turning it. And then you're done with the key. So, I mean, it was, I mean, it was I a quick totally shot. I saw them on Heroes Reborn use the key to use the elevator. But, <laughs> well. Yeah, here we are. The heist episode. And I guess, should we just can, just jump into it? Well, let's go ahead and do this. All right. So here's our opening. Our act one. It would be a teaser. Uh, it would be a cold open or, or something like that. But this, you know, we're going 10 minutes with, before we get into our, our commercial. I call act one a tale of three sleepers. Uh, Agent Carter is sleeping and her sleep is interrupted by a ghost. It's It's Wilkes and... He wants to have Carter join him in the lab because he has a tissue sample from Jane Scott, the dead woman who was killed by Zero Matter. Zero Matter calls to him. Zero Matter moves around and and it's it's attracted to him like a magnet. Zero Matter jumps through a sample jar and makes him temporarily solid and also makes it so he knows where Jane Scott's body is and they are going to go after it. Meanwhile, here's our second sleeper. Violet comes home to a scary home invasion situation. No, it's a sleepy home invasion. Sousa is there, and he has fallen asleep on the couch. He has made a lovely dinner, a romantic dinner for two. When he wakes up, he's fumbling around for something he can't find. That something is a ring. He ends up proposing without the ring, and they look for it and find a quarter instead. But she says yes. Our third sleeper is Frost, and she's talking in her sleep. And her husband, Cal, wakes up. He it seems like he might be running away, almost like he's packing his bags to get out of there. But uh, she comes to him and says, I need your help because we need an atomic bomb. Well, and who hasn't had that problem? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a real issue. It's an issue. So the zero matter is calling, calling to Frost as well, and she's going. She goes to the body, 
just as Carter and Jarvis are also getting to the body and she takes all the zero matter out of the body. And, and this is our first mini heist here with Carter and Jarvis as they're claw- crawling through vents and stuff. And then that's where we find out that they need the atomic bomb is she wants to recreate the accident, which we'll get into in act two. But at this point, I'd like to stop Daniel and talk a little bit about uh, agent Sousa and Violet. Sure. What do you think about their relationship here? Well, I, I mean, it is doomed. Well, at this point, once they actually pop the question and she says yes, you know it's doomed one way or another. Well, thanks to Hydra. I mean, she is an agent of an evil force. Or she is a nurse who actually is, you know, a force for life. I'm just thinking that, you know, Daniel's not under the sway of Hydra and you know, it's just not going to work out. I'm just thinking that I think you might be missing out on some of the actual subtleties and nuances of characters by accusing them all of being Hydra and just seeing ulterior motives behind everything. I think in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, my strategy works out more times than not. I think that it only works out for you because they never actually say they're not Hydra because you just can kind of assume that they're not until they are. Yeah. But for yeah. you, it's they are until remember, they're remember not. Remember that Sitwell guy? I loved him. Who? Just saying. Who? Sitwell. You never thought Sitwell was Hydra. No, I didn't. Yeah. See, yeah. that's that's the point. And I loved him, and he was. So, so is now it, is I it see just, Hydra everywhere. Is this just a coping mechanism? Like, yeah. as long as you assume they're Hydra, they aren't going to be able to betray you because you feel like... I feel like, like I'm lying on the couch here, Ben. Well, I... I am a pastor. I can counsel I, you. I got I got stung once. <laughs> I felt comfortable. I felt as if um, somebody was a solid individual. Hydra. Okay. There we go. Well, Daniel, I'm just saying that I actually care about Violet, and I think she's a good a good thing for Sousa. And at this point, yes, I think the relationship is doomed, and I'm just wondering. Is she going to die? Is she going to be Hydra? Is it going to be something else? And by the end of this episode, we know that there is something else. But at this point in time, they're spending the time there with her for a reason. Ben, I'm just saying, you know, sure, in the early days of my marriage, my wife often resented the English lady that I loved. (laughs) Well, it's understandable. It's understandable. Dang it, that's a lie. He was the English man. His name was Bond. James Bond. She had never seen a James Bond movie before we were together, Ben. It took some of her to get used to, to feel the love. Sure, there was tension and drama in there. I'm going to throw this out, Daniel. What was the Just first Bond movie you saw with her? Goldeneye. Oh, Daniel. We have something in common. That is the first Bond movie I saw with my wife. And she loved it. She loved Goldeneye also. The tank blasting through the wall. That, oh man. She hates Daniel Craig though. You should have seen my wife's face. hates Daniel Craig. Her friends all love Daniel Craig. In fact, I almost went to see it with our female friends in in our tribe. But no Mrs. Butcher. She finds him quite ugly. He's... 
got some interesting features. Okay. I'm just saying she's comparing him to me and <laughs> need I say more? Yeah. I I, I'm I a find a man. <laughs> uh I'm not disputing that. Um and that's not where my laughter was coming from. Uh it's time to move on. But I was going to say, Ben, I think it's time for you to do your job and put us back on track. Let's put us back on track. Uh, real quick, let's talk about uh, uh, Cal and Frost, who we're going to be spending some more time with here. They're not going to have a good Valentine's Day. Oh, man. I mean, he is he is terrified. He is terrified. He married up, you know, and this is something. Oh, well, I, he married up. He married a yeah. genius woman there's the evil side but he's evil too he's just See, more of a pathetic thing, kind of evil the thing is is when you say married up i think they both did if we're to break this down i'm and, maybe and so, maybe the way you're taking it but i'm saying he has married someone who is out of his league in so many different ways he's she's out of his league physically mentally not now, mentally, now the problem with mentally is it's not really displayed. It's not. What do you mean it's not displayed? The fact that she's a genius scientist yeah, who invented things for World that. War Two. She, she, she has I don't know a madam mask that she puts that genius behind. That doesn't take away from so, the fact of who she actually is, though. He may know, not but, know that he married up. Yeah, but, but he, may, he has certainly married up. And but she is married up into money and privilege. Sure, sure. I, it, that's the thing is when you look at his 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 affairs. I think the reason it's allowed is because for both of them, this is somewhat a marriage of convenience and utility. Well, she needs him, and that's clear in the way that she manipulates him, because she has not asserted herself even now where she has the power where she could. Because she needs the man that he is as far as the power that he has. And if she brings him down, she loses that. And we'll get into more of that dynamic by the end of this episode. But, yeah, this guy, I mean, he's a hes a sniveling, he's a mild evil. You know, he just well, I just want political power and I'm just going to, you know, be on this council of nine that I probably... He probably doesn't deserve to be there either, other than their convenience for what they're going to use him for. Well, I mean, the reason they chose him to be president is because he's controllable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, senator, <clears throat> eventually president. I mean, honestly, he's a piece. He's a tool for them to use for their own gain. And he can be manipulated. Very easily. And flat. Flattery. Flattery is a real good tool to manipulate Chadwick. So that's where we go with in act two is she has revealed that she wants this uh, atomic bomb. And he, okay. Like I said, he's terrified of her. He has the gift that every woman wants for Valentine's day. The uh, A bomb. Yeah. I rock solid. <laughs> we find out the reason why though, is she wants to replicate the circumstances of that first isodine test that brought the zero matter to earth or created it or whatever. And so they know that, Ro that Roxxon has some of those isodine bombs in this, one of their hidden places. And Stark has done a lot of investigation into Roxxon because of their feud. And 
Jarvis knows where probably where the bombs are that they need, and he has actually some intelligence uh, info to how do they get in. And there's all these death traps, basically. But if you have the key, you don't have to worry about them. Now, once you have the key and you're behind that elevator door, he doesn't know what's waiting. But he can get them in there if they can get the key. Meanwhile, Frost and Cal, they're talking a little bit. How do we do this? Why do we do this? And she says, we'll finally have the power to bend the world to our will. People are finally going to accept you for who you are and give you the respect you deserve. And all we have to do is use some of my connections. And then she twirled her mustache. And he knows what she's talking about. We don't. But the look on his face is not one of terror. The look on his face is not one of concern. It's... I felt like it was almost annoyance that he was giving. I'm like, why is he? This is a weird choice for this actor. It was a weird choice when I didn't know what she was talking about. But once we start realizing some of the backstory, which we'll get into, um, we'll find out why he made this choice of this particular face. And then we move to an engagement party. It's old Sousa. The gentlemen are enjoying some pie with him. To celebrate his engagement to Violet. Mm-hmm. Pie. And they realize, you know what? We're going to need to get in to get this key. And, and so Carter says, Sousa is going to help me. And Sousa does. He knows exactly where to go. She wants a, an outfit. And he says, you're going to need more than an outfit. Especially since uh, the Roxxon guy has seen you before. Come with me. So they go. And down uh, to the Q branch <laughs> to Samberly is the guy's name, first name, doctor. And Samberly, no, it's actually like Aloysius. I don't know, no, um, it really was. It was really like Aloysius. I, I'm just doing the whole first name, his first name's agent kind of you know, dismissive thing. Nobody likes Samberly, nobody that's how they know they can trust him. The Council of Nine would not use him because nobody likes. Samberly. He wouldn't be able to get into Hydra. He can't be Hydra. Daniel, you're safe with Samberly, right? Nobody likes Samberly. But here's the thing, too. A major theme of Agent Carter is the people who are in the margins, the people who are gotten, who have been forgotten. Yeah, that's one of my notes right here. Yeah. And and Samberly is, you know, we've seen it with Peggy as our main character, her being forgotten and put in the margins. We've seen Wilk's story and heard Wilk's story. Samberly's got a, another version of that story, which is, you know, I interviewed at a lot of places. And unlike Samberly, he got a lot of offers. But you know, he chose this one. I'm so glad you brought this up, Daniel, right here, right now. Because I was hoping that we would get to this engagement party and you'd be able to interrupt the flow of the narrative and start talking about something that actually is going to be coming later. Well, in this case, not a historical thing, but yeah. Hey, if you want somebody to interrupt you, it would be you. I mean, me. Yeah, I really don't have any other choice. I mean, you're you're the guy. Yeah. You're you're the yeah. guy, and so we, you've got a job to do. I if my job is to keep us on track, and your job is to interrupt. And if I've learned anything over the last three years, it's how to interrupt you, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, really. No, again, I, I agree totally, and we've got more we've, too. With yeah, Rose. exactly. There's more coming. And the thing is, is I think it, a lot of times a lot of us feel as if we've been forgotten and left out. And 
So it's sometimes easy to look at these characters and feel for them because, you know, we begin to kind of think through our own times. We have thought we were the one who was on the, on the margin, on the outside. Well, I mean, this entire team. Now, we'll get to it I mean, at the end of Act 3, which we're not to yet, but uh, this whole team that they're pulling together for this heist are all people who are qualified to do things but not able or allowed to do them either by the power above them or the lack of privilege to be able to do something like that. And so you have Rose who is, you know, we saw her first episode of Agent Carter. She was manning a a fake operator station solely to allow people in and out of the, you know, the hidden, the hidden operations office. But something She's we didn't know. One hundred percent qualified and passed exactly. all the same tests as the men who are actually in the offices. She she's literally the lady from the uh, store in Captain America: The First Avenger. She's qualified. Yes. She's trained. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize this about her that she had had SSR combat training. Now, Samberly, I don't think has had SSR combat training, but he is highly qualified. Uh, maybe not as a field agent for missions right now today, but if they would allow him, he would have been more qualified for this particular mission. He's 1940s Fitz. Yeah. 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 Although Fitz, I think would have more training and, and definitely even when he wasn't qualified to be in the field, he was qualified to be in the field. He just didn't know it yet. Than me. I mean, uh, but we, barely. <laughs> from the uh, the silliness is about to begin here, though. They grease the wheels with Samberly with pie, and they bring him some of the engagement party pie, and he gives them a memory inhibitor, which just renders the last two minutes of your life lost. It's gone. You don't remember it. There's also a slight risk of brain damage, and. That's the silliness right there. We know we're kind of stepping into something a little bit different with this episode, but we're wading in. We're not diving in the deep end. We're wading in. Right now we're in the kiddie pool area where the guy that they just used it on, you know, doesn't remember a thing and then walks into a wall. And then, That would be the brain damage part. Yeah. And then Carter sneaks into Roxxon to Hugh Jones' office, who's a member of the Council of Nine, and talks to him a little bit. He doesn't remember her much. She's able to send him on his way so she can start looking for things that he needs, the key that she needs. But on his way out, he remembers who she is. He comes back in. She uses the memory inhibitor on him. He loses that last two minutes but realizes he's here with this pretty woman. He hits on her again. He leaves again to go to his lunch, remembers who she is, comes back. I was wondering how many times we're going to go back to that that comedy well. You know, you can go to the well three times, but you really need to start putting twists on things. Well, they put twists on things from here. Um, (laughs) It was a really fun loop. It's just over and over and over where he's waking up from the memory problem and he's, you know, taking, assessing the situation. What am I doing here? I'm here and, oh, she's pretty. I'm going to say something inappropriate. Hey girl, what we can do together. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, 
And the nice thing about it too is they even foreshadow it because the minute he says he never forgets a face, you're mm-hmm. like, ooh, yeah. yeah. He's going to remember. He's going to remember and then he's going to forget. So it's it's foreshadowing both the action of I always remember and Carter's action of making him forget over and over and over again. And it's goofy, but it's not it's not out of the tone of the show. I really think that, yes, we're getting to silly territory, but I'm not expecting, you know, the British police to walk in and and stop this sketch because it's too silly. It's not. We get close to too silly, but not quite yet. Not today, sir. Ready for act three? Let's do it. Act three is Frost and Cal visiting a mobster of some sort. And this is <laughs> so are we to assume that Whitney Frost and this mobster guy have had a previous relationship? Yes. 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 Uh, and which that's is why, why... Like Chadwick because Chadwick stole her away. And that's why Chadwick grimaced the way he did when he realized what she was talking about with her connections. Yeah. The thing is, is this has had to have been a post moving to L.A. phenomenon for her that she got into bed with the Maja. Wink, wink. Because, you know, again, this is just a poor girl from Broxton in Oklahoma. It's not like the, the Maja was there. So Man Freddy was definitely something post the Hollywood migration. And apparently smitten. Very, smitten. very smitten. Uh, smitten enough to buy Bone China, which is classy. Nothing says classy like Bone China. I always say that, Daniel. I always say that. You know this, right? You've heard me. Never mind. Yeah, I, I've heard you, and I, I believe you most days when it comes to the Bone China. Oh, you're a little creepy about it. Kind of freaks me out. It's not creepy. It's classy. Anyway, she needs men, and she offers him construction deals after her husband is elected, and he wants now, one more we thing. We probably talk about the Eisenhower interstate system now. Yes, yes. Uh, please interrupt for that. Well, I mean, really, it changed the entire way of America travels. You know, opened up those highways. You opened up freedom to move across America in a quick. Dude, seriously, I'm not going to talk about the Eisenhower. Jeez. You have you, no faith in me, do you? No, no. But I do know that there are some podcasts out there that uh, I think like Stuff You Know or Stuff You Should Know, rather, I think did an episode on, on the American freeway but system. But how much fun did you think Ken Marrero had getting to do his Capone untouchable moment. <laughs> I think he had a lot of fun. And I think, again, we're coming close on too silly, but not quite. It's definitely a caricature. It's definitely a caricature. And the thing about it is, is because of the other silly stuff before it, like in the untouchables, this, scene, it, that, this sort of scene, the scene is super intense, super riveting, dark, here it comes off a little silly because of all the silliness that's happened. Oh, I still now, felt the darkness. I, I'm not saying I laughed as a as a man was beaten. I mean, we know you're the pro torture one, not me. My mind um, went to Kingpin with this. It did. I definitely felt silly side, sillier than it should have. Well, because why is he doing this? 
Why is he doing this? He's doing this because someone who is standing behind him that he can't even see, he has pulled them over. He says, hey, and so you wonder, okay, what's going on here? He starts beating this man because he's undressing her with his eyes. The question is this. Is this something he sensed as the guy was standing behind him? Or is this something as he pulls the guy over and brings attention to how beautiful Whitney Frost is? And once he's brought attention to this man, now this man is admitting, yes, she's she's pretty. And oh, now he's undressing her with his eyes. So has he is he assuming something that he can't possibly know or has he tried to create the situation? Either way, he's beating this guy for something that uh, it's a he's perceived as as a slight against this lady. And right as he started doing the punching, my wife walked through the room, (laughs) shuddered and then continued on her way because she hates stuff like that. And I felt bad because that's the the moment she chose to walk in is this horrible, violent beating. So what you're saying is you're not going to Deadpool with her. What I'm saying, yes, absolutely. I am not going to Deadpool with my wife. And I'm, I'm also just letting everyone know here and now I'm not going to see Deadpool. Unless I can convince you after I've seen it. Possibly. Possibly. It'll take some convincing. But I'm I'm preparing my lies now, Ben. <laughs> so anyway, she now has her team. So Carter needs her team. There's a, this is this episode mirrors a lot between Carter and and uh, and Frost. Carter's team. She can't get anyone from SSR. They can't trust anyone there because the council is powerful and. You know, you're getting that that kind of Hydra uh, paranoia type of feel right here with with the council and SSR. They can't go to Thompson anything like that. So instead, Carter suggests Rose. We can trust Rose, and we need some stuff. So they go to the lab to steal some proto. I mean, to take some prototypes. Um, but unfortunately, they get caught by Samberly. But that's a good thing. They need the guy who knows how to run the stuff. And this is where he get that conversation that you were talking about. I picked you. I picked you. I had 11 other interviews. I picked you. You picked me. And then I'm here. And they've built this up for us, Daniel. They've built this up with the whole situation with, uh, you know, he doesn't get invited out for drinks. They don't even know his name, really. Which is sad because it's Sousa who hired him. Yeah. Which that was quite the revelation. <laughs> I was told I'd be able to do field work. Well, who told you that? You did. In our interview. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to play it, but that's a sad trombone moment right there. Yeah. Uh, when you join the science, po- the science police, <laughs> you want to do the policing and the science, yeah, not just one. yeah. So then we get a uh, slow-mo walk, you know, like uh, Armageddon. Oh, yeah, Armageddon. It's, right it's popular this week. Yeah. Um, although that episode hasn't been released yet, so nobody knows what you're talking about. But we reference Armageddon in our next episode, too, which is actually our previous episode that we recorded, 
next episode that we're releasing, uh, which is a comic episode, Armageddon or <laughs> Reservoir Dogs or you know any number of slow motion group shots where they are looking cool walking together, but there's always got to be something, you know, and so Sam really trips a little bit and Rose reaches out for him. But yeah, and this is where I would have had the conversation from my notes about people that are qualified, but not allowed. But we've already done that, and it was a good conversation. So shall we move on? Let's move on. Okay. Act four. Rose and Samberly pretend to be a married couple so that they can uh, distract the guards when uh, Samberly can use one of his devices. And I started making a list of all the devices they were going to use, Daniel, and I didn't get very far because that was the only one. It was an electricity attractor, and the fence has electricity pouring through it, but it attracts the electricity to the device, and the guards are all standing between the fence and the device, and so the electricity goes through them, knocks them out. Then they go and use the key. That was the next thing. I'm like, oh, haha, this is funny. I'll include the key in my list of devices that they're using. And that was the last device. <laughs> so there's my list. Two things that they use. After that, they go down the elevator. They realize Frost is already there. Sam really unlocks all the doors. Um, they, get to, they, they get to where the bombs are. And Sousa has trained to defuse these nuclear bombs. Uh, but... Sam really accidentally locks the door, locks Jarvis in with the tools and the bombs. So introducing more silliness. Yep. Frost's men are there. They have an alien tracker. It seems like, I guess there's another device there. Uh, it's a motion detector and Sam really is able to tell them men are coming from this way. They're coming from that way. Rose goes to distract Frost's men on one way and, well, that's where our commercial break would be, but do you want to continue on through the the heist here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so Suze has to talk Jarvis through defusing the bomb. It's like taking a souffle out of the oven. Carter has to fight some mob goons. Rose fights some mob goons. Samberly has a psychological existential moment of doubt as he's trying to unlock that door using the, the electrical, uh, electri electrical, electricity system within the walls. Um, can't get it, can't get it, but, you know, my father was right, but Rose gives him a pep talk, uh, and then Carter hears Frost and Chadwick, and she goes after them, tells the team the bombs are the priority. I think we're going to stop there, maybe, so we can talk about the heist, and then we'll move on to the confrontation with Carter and Frost. Is there anything you want to get into with the, with the heist here? Is it fun? Are you having fun? It's fun. I mean, we've got the stress. We've got the lessons. We've got, as Dylan, uh, as Agent Dylan would say, the original Fitzsimmons and Rose Samberly. It's not Fitzsimmons. It's Rose Samberly, our original That's Fitzsimmons. Bad. That's not bad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's a fun, traditional sort of heist thing. You, you knew some sort of, you know, thing against the plan was going to happen. It's fun to see our, our good friend uh, having to attempt to get rid of the bomb mm -hmm. um you know typical heist stuff you know it, it was fun seeing rose standing there with the knife behind samberly i kind of like that it was fun seeing rose you know take on the mob goon although once it happened i remember they actually already put this in the commercial yeah they totally took the the best part of the joke and now i didn't 
I mean, it wasn't, it was about to happen. And I remember the joke was, I already seen the joke, but it's still, it's good. It's good. It's Rose, you know, she's part of the team. It's our A team here. Um, beyond that though, I mean, we got, it's heisty hijinks. And from there, Jarvis does it. He defuses the bomb and Sousa's going to run to help Carter. Now, Carter confronts Frost and says, we can help you. We can help you. And Frost is basically saying, are you crazy? I don't need help. I haven't felt better in years. You know, this is great. I've got power. Unlimited power. And I'm really sorry for referencing prequels again. But anyway, uh, she grabs her Carter's arm. Carter feels intense pain, but Carter fights back, unlike the other people that and rats that uh frost has touched carter fights back but then gets knocked down through a railing she's hanging by one arm and it's the arm that was touched by the zero matter as she's hanging there um she falls and so susa doesn't well, save her from them she just falls well now, is she, she letting a choice to fall well yeah because she could have had the hand of, you know, dark matter coming right at her. Well, and also there. looking below her, there's crates. And in a wacky hijink situation, I'm expecting her to land on the crates. And when she lands no, on the no, crates, she... there might be something there, you know, something on the goofy. Concrete blocks. No, she lands rebar. on cinder blocks with rebar. And though this is, it's effective. It's effective. And I was physically, um, as she's she landed she's not even falling toward these things they show her close up they pull back and you realize oh she's landed on brick she's landed on cinder blocks and then they pull back more and you realize her head is between rebar uh the uh the metal bars that they use to to hold cinder blocks and and give them support and they're on either side of her head and my stomach just instantly clenched and i just oh and how did that miss oh when she missed her head and then as they pull back more you realize she landed on one and that's a horrific horrific kind of thing this bleeding is not a, a good way to be in the 1940s no and and rebar is not what is it uh, uh sanitary it's not sanitary yeah especially if it's been used i mean they, you have bricks that are it's gone through her side, and so she's going to survive this, but oh, that was a, a chilling moment for me. A chilling moment. I reacted. I reacted. And and so Chadwick and Frost get out of there. So for Act 6, she's brought to Violet. Violet no helps. night nurse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is... This is, yeah, Night Nurse 1.0. She's brought to Violet. Violet helps her. Uh, but in the situation that we have, um, Violet also sees her interact with Sousa, or rather sees Sousa interact with her. And after Jarvis takes her away and says, it's okay, we took care of the bombs, everything's okay, um, I'm going to take you back to Stark's house. And, yeah, she confronts Sousa. You're in love with her. You weren't running. 
Yeah, you came here not to get away from it all, but because you were running away from Carter. Ugh. And does he deny it? No. That's, yeah. Because he's a good guy. He's not going to deny it. I mean, it's true. No, no, you can't lie. You don't want to lie about that kind of thing, especially early on. And Hydra, they've got notes on you and files. They keep a lot of paper, and they'll notice in that file that you're a liar. Anyway. Anyway, we started out with three people sleeping. We end with those same three people. Souza is no longer... I mean, he he, he doesn't get to go back to bed. But... Uh, Carter goes back to bed as uh, Jarvis tucks her in and tells her, you know, these adventures are only enjoyable if you return from them. And Wilkes gives some information about Zero Matter. He says the place where Zero Matter comes from, it's dark. It's painful. It's not a place where you want to be. And And he's got everyone on the edge of his seat. And then he tells us, oh, that's a story for a different time. Oh, geez. Yeah. And then he disappears. I mean, a different time, yeah. Uh, before this, we we saw um, Frost was also in bed. And Char- uh, Chadwick, he makes a phone call to the council. And he's had a fight with her. He finally stood up to her. He finally got past his fear and says, No, we can't do this. You're crazy. And you're weird. And she says, You're weak and I'm powerful. And you have to... Calm down. I could have married that nice man from the mob. <laughs> she might have even been in the same situation of you know helping helping an electoral candidate. Anyway, she takes control. Finally, she's she's revealing her hand that she's the one who is using him. He's used her, but his using of her was all part of her using him. And now she actually even has this physical power over him. And so then she goes to bed. As she's sleeping, Chadwick calls an emergency meeting of the council. So... My wife's crazy. (laughs) She threatened to beat me up. Dude, it's the 1940s. But it's, it's, again, it's a fun mirroring kind of thing where you have... um, Frost's sleeping, she's in bed, and Chadwick goes off, and she's losing him. And meanwhile, Carter, she's in bed, and Wilkes disappears as he's talking to her while she's in bed. There's some there's some good writing going on here, and it goes beyond just the silliness and the excitement of the heist. So, I don't know if you have anything else to say about this episode, but I think that's going to be my last statement about this episode. I really do feel like this was the, our silly episode. Didn't mind it. And three more episodes left, right? Is it just three? It is just three. This is eight episode order. Wow. Three episodes reason, left, we... but for us, two nights. I'll be honest. Really? For yeah. some reason, I keep think I kept thinking we were at thirteen. Well, that's that's Netflix. That's Jessica Jones and. I'll have wow, to. I'm just, it's so ingrained yeah. into me. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I i was surprised too. And I, I knew it was eight episodes, but then when I actually saw it listed, eight episodes, two nights. That's it for us. Wow. 
Wow. Then it'll be lacrosse season. Yeah. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Wow. All right. Well, shall we move to our uh, field reports and talk to Let's us? Let's proceed our... on, sir. Okay. SSR field report. All right. So we've got some emails here. And I have we some... get emails. Lots and lots of emails. <laughs> letters. We get letters. We get lots and lots of letters. Yeah, letters. I, I think you're playing. No, that's what I was stealing from. Yeah, but I was actually doing it. You were yeah. stealing it, adapting Pretty... it, and I was actually doing it. Well, I've heard there's a guy or two out there who make a pretty penny adapting, or at least enough to pay for comic books. Yeah. There are some people out there like that. So let's see. I have an email here that I'm going to start with. Yeah, let's do this. No, let's not do that one. <laughs> let's do Agent Stu from DUP. And I'll say this right now. We've had we, – we, there's some organizational details that I need to take care of that have not been taken care of, and that's why we haven't played some of the phone calls yet that we've received. We will be getting to those very, very soon, and I do apologize for that. But This is from Agent Stu from DUP. Subject, crazy theory time. Are you ready for this? Here he says, okay, here it is. Howard uses the Rogers serum to make the ghost Dr. Wilkes into a real boy. Agent Carter and a very real Dr. Wilkes get married and have a daughter. That daughter gets married to a man named Trip. And that young couple has a and that couple has a young son who comes to his untimely end in a cave in San Juan. Thanks again for the awesome cast. Keep up the great work. Stu from the UP. That's a good one. Yeah, it seems like Star Wars chronology to me, though. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's skip then to subject line Sharon Carter from Agent Agent Douglas. You want to read that one? I sent you that Absolutely. one, right? I'm right here. I, I sent you that one, right? It. Yeah. Okay, okay. Agent Douglas says, Someone online pointed out that the flashbacks... In the episode Smoke and Mirrors seem to suggest that Sharon can't be Peggy's grandniece. We only see Peggy having one sibling, Michael, who seems to die without any children. Also, Winter Soldier didn't give Agent 13 Sharon's last name. On the other hand, nothing in the episode precludes there being another Carter sibling or Michael having a child. I was just curious if either of you had any thoughts on the topic. Great show and podcast. Can't wait for the next episode. I'm going to say this. She needs to be a Carter. She needs to be a Sharon Carter. And we're talking about Sharon Carter from uh, the Captain comics Rick. is Peggy Carter's niece in the comics. But that happens because in the comics, when she showed up, it was the 70s. So it was a much closer for them to have been just aunt and niece. Instead I think of... we just say because seventies. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, I, I, I really feel agent 13 has to be Sharon Carter. Agent, uh, Ben, Ben Marvel's at Marvel on, on Twitter. 
He sent us a similar message saying the backstory and family history in this episode makes the Steve Rogers Agent 13 relationship much more complicated. And I wasn't quite sure what he was getting at. I don't think that he was getting at what uh, Agent Douglas is getting at here, which is something completely different. But that did get me thinking about this. You know, Carter, Peggy, Carter lost two really important men in her life to the war. And, you know, you see them. She, it, What this does for me is seeing her react to her brother... And then you watch her react uh, in the, you know, when, when she's losing Steve. And it's just, oh, man, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. But as far as Sharon Carter not being the grandniece, I think there's still ways around it. I definitely think there's still ways around it to, to get the, let that happen. I agree. Where are we going next, Ben? Well, why don't you take a look at Agent Kurt's email. And I am looking at Agent... Well, I'll, I'll do Agent I'll Jerry I'll do right Agent now. Kurt, and you get yourself ready. Okay, yeah, go for it. Howdy, gentlemen. Agent Kurt here, back from the deaths of Midgard to talk about some Agent Carter. I was gutted to miss out on giving feedback for the previous uh, Agent Carter reviews, so I'm going to try and summarize here. For I'm loving Season 2 of Agent Carter. While I liked the first season of the show, I found it a little slow and uninteresting at certain points. However, since we've already spent time establishing the world, characters, and plot details before, it's allowed the people behind the show to hit the ground running with Season 2 and take the foundations of what's coming before and build on it, while presenting new and interesting situations. There's so much to love but I mainly adore the brighter, more vivid color scheme. New setting and stories, not entirely tied to the war period. As for Smoke and Mirrors, I liked a lot of what went down in this episode, and it could possibly be my favorite so far, from the humor involving Jarvis to Peggy's tactics to get information out of Mr. Hunt to Whitney Frost's attempts to understand her abilities with the zero matter inside of her. It was just very engaging and fun TV to watch. But for me, the flashbacks were the most fascinating parts. Learning more about Peggy and Whitney's history from their childhood to later periods in adulthoods was very insightful, fun, and heartbreaking to watch. Who would have thought Peggy was married before the war began or that Whitney had a mean mother who didn't care about her daughter's intelligence? There were powerful moments between Peggy and her brother, Whitney and her mother, or when Peggy and Wilkes. Oh, and how great was it to see Whitney just turn into full-on evil villain mode Absorb Hunt. I love how she's accepted this ability and reasserted her dominance over her husband, too. Clearly, the larger scar on her head means that she'll be eventually donning a mask, right? Can't wait to see where her story goes towards the end of the season. Well, that's me done. Keep up the good work. Agent Kurt out. And Ben, I'm going to just say this right now. we got to get to the mask fast. We only have three episodes left. The mask has to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> But now I'm like, I, yeah, I'm like, surely we're gonna get like five episodes of the mask. Nope. <laughs> we might get one. This might be Daredevil. Ah, this is what? an MCUing of it, right? Dude, it's a mask. They're MCUing it's just, it. Just, we gotta get to the mask. <laughs> Agent Kurt, I'm on. I'm pins and needles, waiting for the mask with you. Uh, okay. So next, I need to give a no prize, and this no prize goes to uh, Agent. 
uh, Agent Jari, because he he sends some emails. Uh, we haven't read many of them. They're, they're kind of long, uh, but they're always entertaining, and there's lots and lots of theories in them. Um, he's he's said that we we don't need to read read all of them. Although I'm gonna kind of summarize one because he does kind of talk about like the the uh, the way that this could be one arm of of Hydra that's gone rogue or something with the council. And uh, he like I said, lots of big ideas, lots of good ideas, also very very long. And so, uh, but Agent Jari, even though we haven't been reading all of them. Uh, we, we, out loud, we have been reading all of them and they're good. So here's, here, this one's for you. The new prize winner of the day. And on that note, I think that's the end of our, our feedback for this particular episode. And I think that means that we're going to be closing this episode down and talking about some heroes reborn after the credits. Oh, that'll be exciting. It might be. It might be. So, Daniel, do you have any any words of advice or final words for, for anyone? Well, since I have nothing that I can think of from stealing from you this week, no, I'm, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> did, you, did you try this week? Did you try to, to get me back after last week when I took No, Ben, Jarvelous? because I'm not a person who carries grudges much. You know why, Daniel? You know why you're not a person who carries grudges much? Because... Well, you're 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 pretty jarvelous. You're pretty jarvelous. You had to go and rub the salt in, didn't you? I did. I did. Someone asked for the definition of jarvelous, and I I have to say, to me, the definition of jarvelous is to be blissfully in the midst of danger, and yet you're doing just fine. You know, like after being stabbed with in your recreational tie. Yeah, and that was funny. That was funny. Uh, but I, you know. You've been stabbed by a dart that has, you know, whatever uh, animal tranquilizer in it and knocks you out. You know what? That's Jarvelous right there. See, and I would heard my definition, which was Jarvelous is a feeling of calm and cool wrapped in an English accent that transcends a mere state of existence. Those that are Jarvelous know it and those who are Jarvelous can instantly notice it in others. Jarvelous person is cool enough to beat down on home intruders, but also embarrassed by public displays of infection. And most of all, they must have a good driving record. All of those, by the way, Daniel, describing me perfectly to a T. Yeah, you don't have an English accent, so... No, no, I, but, I don't, I don't. I sometimes have a, a little bit of a Canadian accent that, that escapes through, but not, not, a, not an English accent, so... Yeah, but, uh... Daniel, I, I do have a, a question for you. Sure, ask um, away, buddy. Yeah, you know, uh, I got a package in the mail from Minnesota, and I opened it up, and there was a nice strawberry rhubarb pie, Daniel. And all I have to ask is, you know, there was no name on it, but that pie was you? Your pie was in me? I like pie. Pie is good. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is Little Lily Swim by Tritachion. 
found at soundcloud.com slash try dash tachyon. Ready to talk some heroes? Well, I was just thinking I was going to be the one who was going to go there to that place. To what and place? You did, it. you did it. The pie place? Yeah. Oh. You didn't you take it from me. Place. You didn't take it from me. It seemed more like me. So. Well, you, you took yeah, the China let's... from me. You actually did take China from me. So. Yeah, let's I go went ahead. to the pie. Let's... let's talk about it. You, you know. I I was in a better place after this one than I was after the the one before. You got a lot of stuff happening. We're we're reaching toward our end. People die. People die. Jerks get killed. <laughs> so, you know which episode so is why this? Am I this so is episode grumpy what twelve? Are, are we on episode twelve here? Uh, I wrote it down. Uh, I'm not we, feeling grumpy. Or after episode trend or, or ugh, episode twelve, Company Woman. Hey, here's another reason why you're thinking thirteen episodes for Agent Carter. Well, Carter deserved them. Well, this episode was called Company Woman. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Well, Erica's the Company Woman. Yeah, but referencing uh, Company Man wasn't yep. that one of the classic episodes of Heroes? From first season or second season, and, and and here's the problem: the company man's nowhere to be seen. Two episodes in a row. Yeah, we have not seen Noah on an episode of Heroes in 2016. And I expected him in the flashback. So yep, we're getting flashbacks to uh, I don't even know her name. The bad Erica. bad lady, Erica. Erica, Erica Kravitz. Uh, we're getting flashbacks into her background and her uh, what what caused her to basically become heroes Lex Luthor. And I'm expecting uh, HRG to come and, and be a part of her backstory. Maybe, Instead, we get the Penny Man. Yeah, yeah. Which, nice to see him back. I love the Penny Man. I'm not going to complain about seeing him again. But... You know, the thing is, is this episode's doing what is needed. We we talked a lot in 2015 about Heroes Reborn almost being Heroes Redo. And everybody has to come together. And that's really what's happening here. Everybody's heading to Odessa. Their storylines are all coming together, except for those that are at Gateway. And even those at Gateway are part of this coming together strangers. You know, mm-hmm. we've got the girlfriend and the boyfriend and meeting. And coming together no re- at the, the school where she attended with a nice stock photo yeah very nice stock photo so pulled directly from the pr materials from season one of heroes thrown in a frame put up there in the old uh trophy case yeah, that didn't cost them anything no i bet they probably already had the rights to that yeah yeah and they didn't have to animate it nope nope somebody's got to pay about 85 cents down target the- Print it off. Self de- self-developing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me. But I mean, the stuff about Erica, just, it hits, but it doesn't hit. You know, we find out that she really, truly did this all for Taylor. Yeah. And I mean, she you could say thematically, it, she, she may have done it for the right reasons, but because she had the wrong choices, because she didn't do good, you know, the Renatus, um, good business is good or whatever it is. 
doing good because she didn't do good because she was making immoral choices for a good reason in the end it was nothing it was meaningless taylor still wants nothing to do with her you know she was abused by an evo and now she's going to have an evo grandchild that she'll never have anything to do with yeah i can see thematically how that's powerful stuff but miss noah and, and here's where, Daniel, you and I, we, we have two fandoms that have returned this year. Heroes, which we both kind of share, but you definitely share, uh, you, you have more of a, a stake in, in, in your fandom with Heroes. And X-Files. Not relevant to my interests. Right, right. The difference here is I feel like we've returned to form with X-Files. I really enjoyed those first three episodes of X-Files. Haven't watched episode four yet. Haven't had time. Uh, and you, you get this. And, and you know, I, I can share some of your pain with that. You unfortunately can't share any of the, the joy well, with I X-Files. But I mean, even story-wise, again, you're like, hey, people, things are coming together. We got some action. Like Joanna. Okay, we brought Joanna back. For two minutes? You know, was she really worth that fight? I guess they couldn't have brought Harris because, you know, he's gone. What's the boy's name? Tommy? Tommy. Yeah. I like him in this episode. I mean, I I haven't disliked him in the other ones, but in this one, I'm liking what's happening with him. I'm liking what they're doing with him. And I'm not grumpy after this episode. When this episode started, I was expecting to feel similar to how I felt after episode 11. But they took it enough places for me that I'm like, in my detached way, I, I'm feeling okay. I, yeah, I want to see some of the old faces. Well, I don't want to see all the old faces die. <laughs> like, Well, you... and I was happy with the Parkman situation. You know, karma, whatever you want to call it, comeuppance. Yeah, I mean, that was earned. You know, he earned his ending. I still don't remember him being such a jerk. He was, again, I would argue that he wasn't necessarily a jerk, but he was always weak. And I don't remember that. I remember liking him and I remember wanting him to succeed. I remember being on his side. Well, that's because stuff happened to him. I mean, but again, stuff happened to Erica. Does that mean that you're on Erica's side? No, no, I'm, I'm not on her side. I feel for her. I, I do feel for her, but I I remember liking Matt Parkman a lot. And I don't remember him being like this. And so seeing him get his comeuppance, yeah, he deserves it. But I didn't like it. Because I didn't want him to have to have a comeuppance. I didn't want him to have to deserve a comeuppance. If it had been another character in that same situation, though, that was a really well done ending for that character arc. Yeah. But again, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know, I just I want so much for this to be so good. And so instead, I... it's no season two and you're not crying that there's no season two, are you? I completely understand why we aren't getting a season two. So. Yeah, they definitely weren't able to recapture that lightning in a bottle. I think there was some of the... I think it started strong. 
yeah, the, there was definitely some element of at the beginning. There's when word of Noah mouth. There's people it. coming to it. Yeah, it it did really strong. When Noah was on it. <laughs> well, not anymore. Yep. So, I don't know. Do you have much more to talk about here? We'll talk about the the season finale, the series finale of Heroes Reborn in an upcoming episode. It may not be the next one because... No, it won't be the next well, one. Well, it won't be the I next one because that's a comic episode and our our tag on that one is, is much shorter than this. And then... The, I think our next Agent Carter will be Deadpool. It will be. And, and I don't so, think anybody will mind. <laughs> so we'll talk about the series finale. I don't know. if It, it might be a Jessica Jones in there or it might be on the uh, return of season... Yeah, it'll be in an agent carter i'm convinced it'll be in an agent carter and then well then i can check something off the bucket list ben what's that heroes podcast <laughs> that's true that's true so I'm, i can say yep i was a podcaster about heroes i'm glad that we didn't go all out though oh no 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 yeah because there were some discussions briefly briefly Oh, I like being married, buddy. Yeah. It was like brief. It was very brief. Yeah. In that world in which we have unlimited money and time. Unlimited money so we don't have to work a job job. Yeah. 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 But that's not the world I live in. All right. Well, Daniel, as always, a pleasure hanging out with you. And everyone who's listening, also a pleasure hanging out with you. And... Yeah, I, I don't know where else to go from there, Daniel. See you next week, Ben. Was it a pleasure for you to hang out with me? It was It was fantastic, Ben. You're, you're the best Ben that I've been with today. Was it fantastic or was it Jarvelous? Ew. I'm just asking. <laughs> no answer? Okay. <laughs>